Hi, thanks for joining me on Aboriginal Way Radio. I'm Lucy Kingston. Today we hear about an exhibition that takes iconic archival photos of Adnyamutna people from the Flinders Ranges and tells a whole new set of stories about them by the community members themselves. That's coming up. First though, let's have some music. This is Baker Boy and Mariuna. I'm a proud black younger boy with a killer flow. Listen to the year that here, listen to it blow. For the boys who are proud black younger boy with a killer flow. The wonderful Baker Boy there and Mariuna. You're listening to Aboriginal Way Radio. Rebecca Richards is an Anyamatna Bungala woman from the Northern Flinders Ranges. She's also an early career researcher at the South Australian Museum and she's doing a PhD at the University of Adelaide. She's created a fascinating exhibition that takes a new look at historical photos held by the museum. I met her in her office at the museum and she told me all about it. It's called Minaka Apinanga, that's translated as Through Many Eyes. It, uh, Minaka Apinanga is Adnimatna, and I called it that because it is an exhibition about photographs that are held in the archives here about Adnimatna people. And what I actually did was I took these photographs back to our Adnimatna community and got Adnimatna stories and artworks in response to these photographs. Thank you. Now, um, for people who are not familiar with the photographs, um, what's included in the collection and where did these photos come from? These photographs were taken by Charles Mountford in the 1930s and in Nepabana. And what is included is some of the photographs from his fieldwork during that time and what is in the exhibition is you can see a lot of these amazing prints of these photographs up on the walls and then what you also see is Adnyamatna responses to these photographs Um, so what people think of these photographs today Um, you'll see artworks from younger people you'll see stories and video recordings and audio recordings of older people telling stories about the people in the photographs themselves as well. Now, Charles Mountford is quite a well-known anthropologist. Can you talk a bit about what sort of approach you saw he was taking in collecting these photos of Adnyamatna people? So, Charles Mountford, he, when he went into the Flinders Ranges in the 1930s, he was expecting to come and want to record Aboriginal peoples and cultures, you know, the old salvage anthropology to try and salvage parts of Aboriginal societies before they you know before they die out or something and um, wanting to see like a traditional kind of way of life or something but when he actually came to the Flinders Ranges he found a community that was incredibly dynamic and syncretic and you have people who have been working in stations for many many years but you also have people with their own religious beliefs but also and also independence in work but also also traditional ways of living on country as well so it was he actually talks about that in his in his writings about when he goes to see 
uh, Christmas at Nepabana, like and seeing the Christmas tree in the dusty plains in uh, Flinders Ranges and how people are, are responding to that. And yeah, it's really interesting that these photographs are seen as the most iconic pictures of Adnyamatna people. Uh, these photographs are on the UNESCO History of the World, but we can read so much more into these photographs in that we can see that Adnyamatna stories can be gleaned through these photographs that he wasn't seeing necessarily, but what were there anyway. I think there's a note in the exhibition under one of the photos you say the men were working on stations at that stage when Charles Mountford uh, visited and um, they often wanted to be represented in their working clothes but he was pretty keen to have them looking more traditional. Was that common in what you saw in the photos? Yeah, so they um, Mountford wanted everyone to take their clothes off. Um, he was like that with all, like, all Aboriginal people. Like um, I remember... You, it was very not so much in you can't see it as much in these photographs but when you see of Arnhem Land ones when he later on when he was doing filming um you actually when he was showing people doing a dance and then someone walks into the frame with a t-shirt on he actually tells that person off um uh, and then the other person's like oh no sorry and he walks off the frame again um so um yeah, Charles Mountford definitely liked to see people not wearing any clothes, but even though people really wanted to wear their clothes and they were actually quite proud of what they were wearing. One of the reasons for that was because not only were Adnyamatna work people who worked on the stations and were very proud of working on the stations, but Adnyamatna ourselves at the time um, were actually had uh, R.M. Williams factory and actually were the people who were very much crucial in the creation of a lot of the 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 RM Williams boot. So RM Williams was was making a well at Nepabana. He he was um, just a, a bushman who was working out there, and he met Dollar Mick, who was an Aboriginal man from further up north, who was uh, together with uh, Adnyamatna lady there, and. Dollar Mick taught Aram Williams how to make um, saddles and together they created a boot that was made out of one pair of one piece of leather and then they set up a factory of boot making in Nepabana but then Aram Williams was had to leave uh, Nepabana you can actually see the photographs of the factory in Nepabana that you see in the the exhibition there. And then they had to leave. And then he created the factory in Adelaide, which became a global brand. Wow. So um, the world that Charles Mountford had in mind was actually quite different than reality In from what you're saying there. There was a lot of industry going on. People were working. People had, um, had, they had been through a, a mission stage. Is that correct? Yes, they had been through a mission stage. So Adnyamatna had been also working initially on stations and um, were living in on the edges of stations a lot of the time. But during droughts or some kind of place times, it would have been quite difficult and there might have been tensions 
um, on the sides of the stations on Anyamatna country. And so then Anyamatna got a mission in Nepabana in 1931, um, which was created with the help of the United Aborigines Mission. And, yeah, initially it was a good place for Anyamatna. Um it did become a little bit oppressive of Adimatna culture and uh, language, but then it's, it has actually started to come out of that now and is a good base and place in which Adimatna can be Adimatna. So you were saying you took these um, well-known photos back to Adimatna people and spoke to them about to find out the stories behind them what were some of the things that really stand out for you about what you heard about the photos from from your community I think things that stand out to me about taking these photos back is just I just think it was just a it was just an amazing opportunity to be sitting around people's uh, kitchens and having a cup of tea and reconnecting with many people that you know sometimes I haven't seen them for a very long time and that or pushing myself to see people that are more distantly related to me and so that was an amazing experience to be able to connect to more of the Adnimatna people and community than just my own immediate family and to have a greater experience of the of more of the community and also what really um struck me is just um and stayed with me is a lot of the stories that I heard about like my grandmother and my grandfather or stuff like that because I'd never met them and so it was amazing just to have those pictures like they are in the pictures um they're on the mantelpiece those are the pictures that I chose for the mantelpiece because I chose them for this exhibition because I needed to talk from my own perspective and just to have those stories they will be with me for the rest of my life and I just thank the Adyamatna community so much for that Yeah, so they were very generous in the sharing. That's beautiful. I guess um, um, museums do hold a lot of what are called artefacts, pieces of traditional culture and more contemporary culture belonging to Aboriginal families and communities. But obviously what you're bringing is a much more personal connection to those objects that museums hold. Um, Do you think that is valuable for the general community to know more about? Yes, I think that it's important that museums see, show and exhibit these objects in a more personal light because we are showing them in a way that that we need to show them this is as a living culture and that um, Aboriginal society is ongoing and that it's not gone in the past or some kind of stone age thing and that what we are seeing are the histories and stories of our ancestors and that they need to be respected as such and so I think it is really important to show the human connection to the collections um, and the personal collection um, 
connection to these collections. And I also think if I were to talk in a way like some kind of outsider looking in on this, on Andaman society, that would be quite disingenuous and quite actually quite fake in that um, I think that that is not the way that a museum is going to present anymore. I think that in this new information age, I think that that is not the way that things are going to be presented anymore anyway. Mm. I was sort of wondering, have you spoken to other Aboriginal or Indigenous curators who are similarly trying to shift the way these materials are uh, presented and spoken about? Yes, um, so we have a, some amazing team here at South Australia Museum who's just come on board. Um, I'm so excited to be working with them. Uh, there are some amazing academics and historians and heritage workers all throughout South Australia that um, we're seeing it, I guess, not just as this is just our job, but we're seeing this as advocacy, as seeing this as a way of talking back to the power that is silencing contemporary Aboriginal voices by by work just doing our jobs by working in collections by working doing doing writing and poetry and art and um, history we're actually talking back to narratives that say that we are gone we are past that Aboriginal people aren't around or anything anymore and saying we are still here, our, our histories matter, and these are our histories, and they're a lot more complicated and a lot more interesting, and they actually do intermingle and relate a lot more with white histories and Aboriginal histories a lot more intermingled than what the whitefellas would actually let you think so yeah that's what I wanted to say really yeah now um, I understand this is actually uh, one part of your PhD which you're working to complete can you tell me how this fits with that bigger task of you completing your PhD yeah so this PhD is uh, a very new model in that the the University of Adelaide has never done a PhD in anthropology with an exhibition as a major component which will be assessed as a part of a PhD with an exegesis as well. So it's going to be a bit interesting to see how it goes but um, so what I'm doing an exhibition to look at how Adnyamana people are using photographs and then looking at that process in itself and recording that process with people's permissions and then uh, writing a thesis about it, having the exhibition assessed in, on its own merits in, as a part of the thesis, and then having the, the exegesis as well assessed as a, an anthropology thesis as well. And why did you want to break this new ground and have an exhibition as part of your PhD? I actually started this project 
of taking the photographs back to Adnimana community as a traditional PhD. So I was just going to take the photos back, write about what I was going to do, and that's going to be the end. But when I actually took back the photographs to elders, they were always constantly coming and they would just yell out and they'd be like, oh, and they'd just bring their, ch- their grandchildren in or something to come look at the photographs with while I was doing the interview or they'd start singing a song or the kid would be there and they'd start doing, doing a painting or something like that. And so I realised very early that just writing down the facts of this, what's happening in these photographs, wasn't going to be enough in that I needed to show what was happening in a more artistic and a more holistic sense and that an exhibition would be a much greater, a better medium in which to do that rather than just writing on a piece of paper. Adyamatna Bangala woman and researcher at the South Australian Museum, Rebecca Richards. That exhibition, Manaka Apananga, Through Many Eyes, finishes on the 22nd of September. But you can find out more about Rebecca's work at the museum in a display about women in science that's available up until the end of October. On Aboriginal Way Radio now, let's have some more music. This is Emily Waramara and Hey Love. Emily Waramara, Hey Love. That's all for Aboriginal Way Radio this week. Thanks for listening in. Aboriginal Way is produced by South Australian Native Title Services. I'll leave you with one last song. This is Radical Sun, Human Behaviour. See you later.